With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the home of WCWUS, Trinity, North Carolina. This is the first episode of WCWS Revolution. I am Chad Hinshaw, founder and creator of the WCWS Revolution and the stable of groups on Facebook. If you care to call in and uh, talk about anything and everything wrestling, please call in right now at 1-724-444-7444. Enter call ID 138055-POUND. And enter the pin, 336-989-3209-POUND. And everyone's asking, what is WCWUS? Well, WCWUS is <clears throat> basically a originally an homage to, of course, the late promotion WCW. But we have grown a little bit more than that to include everything wrestling, everything WCW, ECW, WWF, WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and of course all the other past organizations. Uh, for example, the AWA, WCCW, NWA, even including Ultimate Fighting Championship, the XWF, Global Force Wrestling, you name it, and now we have included everything. We have in our, currently in our stable, we have around 35 groups under the WCWUS umbrella. And anyone wishing to join us on the groups on Facebook, you can join us by coming to first our main group, ladies and gentlemen, which is WCWUS Dynasty, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash dynasty forever forward slash and like I said, we talk about anything and everything. Wrestling, we ask each other different questions, get different thoughts and opinions. We, you know, talk about past Raw, SmackDown, TNA, also independent events. We even now currently have a trivia pay-per-view, so to speak, coming currently on as well, and is also known as WCWS Revolution. To sign up for that, please come to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWS Revolution PPV forward slash. And what you do basically is is just to test your overall wrestling knowledge of the past and the present. And if you win, you get opportunity. If you win, you earn a championship, so to speak. And we have a bunch of championships going on right now. As a matter of fact, we have a we have a championship match going on. We're right in the middle of one, uh, which will not start back up until Friday. But um, currently, uh, we have a a two person. We have two people tying with three other folks tying at one fall apiece. And it is a very it's neck and neck, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, this is to test your wrestling knowledge and. Anyone wishing to get on board, please come to sign today. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWS Revolution PPV. We'd love to have you. And, you know, everything going on in wrestling, I mean, what can we, what can we expect here? I mean, that's, I mean, especially with WWE Payback 2015 coming up, the Robert, the feud between John Cena and Rusev continues. Of course, Dean Ambrose defeating Seth Rollins on Raw last night to earn that opportunity 
to make the, officially the triple threat match a fatal four-way, which would now be Seth Rollins defending the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, and Dean Ambrose. Where is this match going for here? It's going to be a, a as the legendary Jim Ross used to say, a slobber knocker. It's going to be an all-out brawl. It is going to be a fight. I mean, the, the, the Divas is even, you know, starting to, to rock and roll here a little bit. Uh, uh, of course, with, you know, the departure of A.J. Lee. You know, I mean, the, the Divas are getting more fired up than ever before. I mean, Nikki Bella's still on top of the Divas title. Her sister, Bree, Naomi, Summer Rae. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's just... It's just absolutely, you know, phenomenal how they have, how they have, you know, pepped up here over these last, over these last few months. Especially, you know, you know with the superstars and Davis coming from NXT, it was a very phenomenal debut for, for NXT superstar Sami Zayn coming to the big, the big leagues and all that. Even challenging Cena, begging him on in his U.S. title challenge. And from from some speculation, almost winning the title if it hadn't been for hurting his shoulder. But I see potential in guys like him, and also guys like Neville, who also became, who even himself almost, you know, became, you know, pretty much became a household name when he just about became king of the ring, you know. But I mean, even though he came up a little bit short, the bad news Barrett, he showed he was pretty much on his way. To becoming a full-fledged WWE superstar, and who knows who knows where all this will take him. But but as they say, the, the man that gravity forgot. I mean, he he puts a lot of the lucha libre guys probably to shame. I've seen all these guys in Mexico do all their high-flying moves, and all that, everybody from Juventud Guerrero, the Psychosis, the Rey Mysterio, even the late Eddie Guerrero had some phenomenal moves. But this man Neville, it's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you care to chime in, if you care to chime in on anything and everything wrestling, please feel free to call us here on the Revolution here at seven one seven two four 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 seven four four four, and I'll be really more than happy and. Talk about anything and everything that you want. And like, like we said before, WSWUS, you know, that, uh, the, and just because everyone wonder what the U.S. stands for, the U.S. pretty much stands for United Standing. That is indeed, that is correct. I mean, the thing is that that's the purpose, you know, of having, you know, these groups here try to unite every single wrestling Trying to unite this this you know, group of diehard wrestling fans. I mean, past and present. I mean, all all these stories that they can share, all these stories they can tell. I mean, it's just absolutely phenomenal. What else can I say? I mean, it's as a matter of fact. Right now, I mean, in our in my in my DVD corner, I'm currently watching. One of the one of the best WrestleManias ever, WrestleMania 14, which actually, believe it or not, this was the first WrestleMania without Vince McMahon behind the broadcast table, and he truly showed. Uh, he, it truly, it truly showed you know the true talents of, you know, still of course Jerry King Lawler there, but of course Jim Ross, who of course has been in the announcing game for quite some time. Uh, I thought that I thought it really started out great with the 15-man battle royal. It saw the re- return and a new look for the legendary Legion of Doom. Of course, at that point being managed by Sonny. I mean, taking out all all these all these great teams, all including the legendary Rock and Roll Express from the NWA. And it turns out, of course, the winners was the Legion of Doom, and they earned the shot at the next at the following pay-per-view, which was held. Near my home, near my neck of the woods, Greensboro, North Carolina, back at Unforgiven, 1998. And 
course, uh, the feud also, also also the feud going on with Mark Merrow and Sable and Goldust and Luna really heated up into a mixed tag match for the challenge being made by Goldust or the artist formerly known as Goldust with Sable really kicking really kicking some tail here in this in this match. You know, that even you know taking even though that was supposed to be man versus man and woman against woman, Sable really showed that you could really you know, stand up to the big guys, including Goldust who was probably twice as big. But still in the long run, Sable and Mero got the win. Of course Mero trying to take the credit off for himself even though Sable won the match by pitting Goldust. And another match was The Rock defending the Intercontinental Championship against UFC legend Ken Shamrock. This was a heated feud going into the pay-per-view, but but Ken Shamrock really lit, really lit, a, someone really lit a fire on Ken Shamrock because it was just phenomenal about how he, you know, he just, he just pretty much dominated the match, just took down The Rock bit by bit, piece by piece, and and Shamrock actually won the match, but he had refused to let let go of his release his patent ankle lock on the rock. Therefore the decision was reversed and the rock was handed back to the Intercontinental Championship. Even you know the even though the nation of domination, you know, they couldn't they wouldn't weren't even no match for Shamrock. But this was a tr- truly this was a truly phenomenal match. And of course, uh, one other match was that really, really highlighted was Triple H defending the European Championship against, in my opinion, a future Hall of Famer and one of the true legends and one man that we miss seeing very, very much so is the late Owen Hart, the younger brother of Hall of Famer Bret the Hitman Hart. And this is when you know around the time that Owen Hart was still was still a face, a baby face, and uh, he was going into this match with a hurt ankle uh, after uh, a Monday Night Raw not too far prior to WrestleMania where Owen Hart submitted to Triple H and therefore lost the European title. But, of course, Owen Hart went back out in true fashion just like, you know, he was taught from the legendary Hart Dungeon in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And he just... And both both men really let it fly. And what also made it pretty interesting was the fact that China was at ringside but was handcuffed to then Commissioner Sergeant Slaughter. And China tried numerous times to try to get involved, and Sergeant Slaughter would not would not back off. Would not it would not it would not work out. But the thing is, China somehow got powder in the face of Sergeant Slaughter and got up into the ring and gave a low blow to Owen Hart, thereby Triple H delivered the pedigree to Owen Hart, and bingo, Triple H retained the European Championship. And this is, of course, during the height of D-Generation X. So this is when D-Generation X was, in a sense, hated. So another match also that was pretty hot up was, of course, the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. Taking on legends, Cactus Jack, everyone knows as Mankind, Do Love, and real name, of course, Mick Foley. And his partner, Chainsaw Charlie, who was also a Hall of Famer, Terry Funk. And this match was a unique match because in order to win, you had to put both, both, both people, both superstars, in the dumpster. And if you got them both in the dumpster, then you won. And what happened was, they didn't put him into the dumpster beside the ring. They put him in the dumpster in the back, and all that. When the fight escalated to, to the to the back to the to the back back lot, where Chainsaw Charlie gained control of a forklift, piled the outlaws on top of a of a piece of of a slab of wood, and thereby tossing the outlaws into a dumpster and Captain Jack slamming the lid shut and. Captain Jack and Chainsaw Charlie becoming the tag team champions. Another match, of course, very, very highlighted, and of course one of the 
one of the main ones involving the legendary Undertaker was also the very first time that he wrestled his brother Kane. It was the first time we seen Kane in action. Of course, we first saw him at Bad Blood a year before during his during his big Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels. Kane ripped the, ripped the door off of the cell. And then just right out of the blue, gave the gave the Undertaker's infamous tombstone right at the Undertaker, thereby causing Shawn Michaels to win that match. So going into this match, Undertaker vowed to everyone that he would not fight Kane. That is until he was pushed way too far by Kane, who is now under the leadership of Undertaker's former manager, Paul Bearer. And after Undertaker was was missing, was out of action, after the Royal Rumble in 1998, Undertaker returned, vowing to to take down his brother at WrestleMania 14. This match was epic in in every single way. Undertaker did not disappoint at all whatsoever. Paul Bearer, in true Paul Bearer fashion, really whips and tail. And... Kane pretty much dominated this match from from left to right, from you know, back and forth. I mean, it was just absolutely phenomenal, absolutely unbelievable. But but as as usual, and as we all expected, the Undertaker, as he had done every WrestleMania since WrestleMania number seven, he pulled off a very unique victory in that match. But, of course, prior to that match, the guest ring announcer was supposed to be baseball superstar and, of course, also a future WWE Hall of Famer, Pete Rose. But before Pete Rose had a chance to do that, King and Paul Bearer came out, and King chucked out Pete Rose. So, unfortunately, it was not... That was the only time we got to see Pete Rose, especially in the crowd in Boston this week, crazy, after seeing... After seeing Pete Rose get Tombstone. But of course one match that we've definitely gotta talk about, of course, the main event here obviously has gotta be his first championship match of Stone Cold Steve Austin as he won the Royal Rumble and earned the right to face the champion Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And this right here was truly a match for the agents, Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold, you know, getting together and, you know, really, you know, letting the fisticuffs fly. And then, of course, we cannot forget the special guest enforcer who had become an ally, a buddy of D-Generation X, legendary boxer Iron Mike Tyson, as they called him, the baddest man on the planet. This match went back and forth back and forth, up and down. The fists were flying and all that. Shawn Michaels showed why he was one of the most resilient superstars of all time, why he was has been and always will be dubbed Mr. WrestleMania. This match was one of those defining moments. Not since when he first won the title at WrestleMania twelve from Bret Hart. Of course, everyone remembers the ending to this match where Stone Cold tried to tried to give Shawn Michaels a stunner. Shawn Michaels pushed that off. Shawn Michaels tried to give Stone Cold sweet chin music. Didn't work either. And then finally, second time around, Austin got the stunner. And with the referee down, Iron Mike Tyson became the, the referee and counted Austin's hands, raised Austin's hands, and made Austin the new World Wrestling Federation champion. But then, of course, Shawn Michaels came up and found out what was flabbergasted as to why in the world Mike Tyson would stab him in the back like that. And then Mike Tyson, after Shawn Michaels getting in his face, Mike Tyson gave Shawn Michaels a punch in the face. What I got to truly say about this, ladies and gentlemen, this was truly one of the best WrestleManias 
of all time. I see that uh, I see we have someone here on the line. Uh, good evening. Hello. Hello there. How are you tonight? Do you know who this is? I would have to guess that this is one of my buddies here. Uh, <laughs> when I saw New York, I had to had to take a gander. This has got to be this has got to be my my good buddy JML. Uh, yeah, what's going on? What's going to say, my friend? How are you? How are you doing? Well tonight. Thank you. Welcome to the debut of the revolution. Uh, so what are you talking about? WrestleMania 14. Yeah, I was talking about that. I actually was watching that here. I got a DVD copy of it, uh, reminiscing about some of the great matches that was going on in this. Um, I know your take on my man. Uh, what was some of the highlights of what you thought were some of the best parts? Um, I mean, that was the first uh, Undertaker Kane match. Uh, that was that was a spectacle. Um, and Kane took three tombstones during that match. Now he takes one uh tadpole splash and he's down for the count. So oh, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So Indeed. that's how and they decreased his character over the exactly. years. Exactly. Um, yeah. But uh I've gotta tell you again, but I tell you again, you know you know Undertaker, you know, as always in typical Taker fashion dominated I mean, won the match. Kane pretty much dominated the dominated that match. I mean, it was no question. I mean, Kane had it, had Undertaker on the ropes throughout throughout the whole the whole shebang. I mean, yeah, was, and to me, WrestleMania 14 and uh, the night after, so the Monday Night Raw immediately after the next night. Uh, to me, my opinion uh, was the launch of the Attitude Era. Now, some people, you know, have different opinions about that. But for me, uh, that was the dawning of Austin as champion, the whole Austin, uh, you know, don't DTA, don't trust anyone. Next exactly, night he comes yeah. out on Raw as the corporate champion. Then he goes, ah, 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 this is the last time you're going to see me in a suit and basically, you know, embarrasses McMahon. Uh, you also have... Raw kickoff with Triple H uh, with the new with uh, X Pac joining DX and that was out of left field because the last time we saw X Pac he was in WCW uh, with the NWO was six and he cut a scathing promo about Eric Bischoff um, WCW Hogan and he said if Paul and Nash were another contract. They would be here with me uh, doing the same thing. Um, so, oh, yeah. And then later that night during the cage match with the Outlaws and uh, Foley and Chainsaw Charlie, who was you know, played by Terry Funk, uh, then they joined DX. And that was kind of, for me, the the jump start or the, the shot in the arm that that WWE needed because what people don't realize even prior to WrestleMania 14 WWE was getting beat in the ratings almost every single week by WCW of course it was after the WrestleMania 14 and and the following Monday Night Raw and the Raws after that that WWF was then beating WCW almost every single week outside of a few weeks here or there. Okay. And uh, they never really looked back after that. Right. Well, let me ask you a prior opinion about something here. I uh, heard, um, I'm sure you might remember this moment right here when, um, back in 2006, when, when of course, when Shawn Michaels and Triple H reformed DX for that short, for that pretty pretty decent run throughout most of those six, they, of course, uh, around the time that Eric Bischoff came out with his brand new book, uh, Controversial Creates Cash. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, one thing they asked was, was DX mentioned in your book? And Bischoff goes and says, well, yeah, yeah, you are mentioned. 
And, of course, the ultimate below was, and I want to get your take on this, in Bischoff's opinion, he thought that DX was nothing more than a ripoff of the NWO. So, ah. I mean, so, I mean, I love that, though. Right, I understand. Yeah, But what's your take on I mean, who was, you know, the NWO and WCW, DX and WWF, uh, I'm going to say that because, I mean, that's that. It sounds per, sounds better to me. In person, you know, you know. What's your yeah. take on? How, I mean, what do you think? What What do you think? Who do you think? You know that really dominated that era? Was it the NWO? Or was it Degeneration X? So NWO when it kicked off, and it was the three original members, and then they had, um, I believe, Diviasi. The giant, and then Sean Waltman joined. That was sure, yeah. a little little nucleus, and it became overbloated and oversaturated very quickly. So oh, NWO was really effective um, to me and for me the first six seven yeah. months, right? And then it mm-hmm. kind of, it, it was kind of cool when, oh, well, this random person joined NWO, but it eventually became, well, who's left in WCW? You know, exactly. it, it, yeah. the only person was Sting. And it cultivated in Starcade 97. For me, after Starcade 97, there wasn't a reason to have the NWO anymore. Like, but exactly. it, they should have just folded up shop. But they continued it, they milked it, uh, they split it into two groups, and then they merged back to one group. Um, It it was an angle that that just went way too long. And the difference between Vince McMahon and and Eric Bischoff is that Vince McMahon will kill something even when it's good. Like, we'll drop an angle on a dime of... Just because... He doesn't like it, you know. Oh, sure. And yeah, uh huh, yeah. For me, though, getting back to the question, I think DX was a response to the MWO. They're like, right. you know yeah. how how are we gonna make an impact like WCW did with the MWO? Well, we'll we'll do, and that was Michaels and and Hunters idea. It wasn't Vince. He well, didn't sure. want those two. He didn't want those two together. And he was like, All right, screw it. I'm losing to WCW. So you guys can have at it. If it doesn't work, we're just gonna scrap it. But this was and, basically a oh okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And it and it worked. It worked for them. And obviously it kind of gave them the momentum that they needed along with Austin to kind of kickstart the attitude error. Now, for me, when you look at legacy, I think the MWO, because it was the first edgy group, mm-hmm. I, I would say was just kind of the, the, the standard bearer. And DX yeah. is just one, one slot underneath them uh, in of terms course. of legacy. Well, of course. I mean, I mean, basically, this was DX, and basically, what you, from what you are saying is that the DX was, you know, Vince's answer. You know, if WCW wants to get their hands dirty, I guess we can just do the same thing. And yeah. so, so basically, he he just he just he just threw out the ball, and who called it? You know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Bingo. What what you got here? Uh, yep. Now, now about NWO, I got, I got to ask you this: We saw several established or almost smaller card, the mid card, WCW stars, you know, that join up the NW, you know, the NWO. You saw guys like Bagwell, you saw Scott Norton, you saw. Uh, um, let me see. What, what I mean, there were there was there was a bunch of them, you know. Even of course later on, Scott Steiner joined the mix and all that stuff. I mean, do you think, you know, some of these names that, you know, that probably hadn't been around for that long, do you think the, the NWO being involved with that really kind of better established them as no. know, very talented wrestlers? 
No. You don't think guys like them? No, because think? they they took guys that really weren't performers. If you if you look at them, guys like Norton, Steiner, Bagwell were big muscle guys. Um, sure. Same thing with with Brian Adams, uh, Ed Leslie, who was a disciple. Those guys are all muscle guys. Um, the guys that they really should have thought about taking into that group were guys like Benoit, Jericho, Guerrero. Like that would have made a huge impact. Um, but for whatever reason, and you and later on in later years, you could tell lies that that Nash and Hall, well, but Nash in particular, he said that wrestling died when when. Uh, ben Juan Guerrero won the world titles because they were small guys. So, right. he kind of politicked them from getting any kind of push um, with the power that he had and, and Hogan for that matter. Um, but you could tell the NWO was very uh, reflective of what they of their, it was either their buddies were in the group or guys that were similar builds to Hogan. You know, sure. the Steiners, the the Dagwell. Um, Sean Waltman joined the group because he was friends with Paul and Nash, right? Um, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. You had Wall Street join the group, uh, Rotunda, because he was friends with Paul and DiBiase. For sure, yeah. You had Henning and Rue join the group because they were ex-WWF guys. Right, and then of course the Rick Rude deal. I mean, everyone was talking about it too, that he was on Raw one one minute, and and then not too long after that he's on Nitro, and he was on ECW the same week, I believe. Okay, okay, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, Rick Rude. I mean, I mean, that's see that that was that was there was a lot of shocky moments during 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 this deal with the Monday Night War thing. I know we've gone all back and forth there, but I'm reminiscing to some past moments here. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, one seven two four 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 seven four four four. If you want to call in and join myself and my, I should say, special guest partner uh, JML, if I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> as we as we as we reminisce about the good old days, you know, first talking about WrestleMania fourteen, then of course leading on to a lot of this, a lot of these other big time moments. Uh, well, let me let me um, let me pose this question back to you. Um, of course, we all heard the thing about back in '01 when Nitro uh, WCW officially went out as went out. You know, of course, it was the last match being Flair versus Sting in Panama City Beach, Florida. You know, there was the talk that Bischoff was trying and another company was trying to get WCW, but was in a sense too late to get it. Now, do you think that if Bischoff would have been able to get a hold of the WCW, do you think it would have lasted any longer? No. You don't think so? I think it maybe would have lasted another year um, or maybe at two least. years. Okay. If you look at what he did in PNA when him sure. and Hogan, you know, took it over for, let's just say, from, what, 09 to... 10 or 11, 2011, 2012, maybe, right? Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. yeah, that's you right. say pretty much the last remnants would be the the uh, Aces and Eights, like towards the end of Aces and Eights, their right. footprint. Um, Bischoff and Hogan are, are not about building young talent. They've, ne- they've never been that way. Uh, if you right. look at what they did with Impact, Instead of building guys like AJ Styles, uh, Samoa Joe, the TNA Originals, making them look like a million bucks, they they went out and bought Jeff Hardy, who, all right, that's a nice piece, nice complimentary piece, right? Um, right, sure, yeah. But bringing in guys like Val Venus, uh, the Nasty Boys, sure. guys that are way past their prime, or, or have little relevancy anymore. Uh, they put Rob Van Dam in there. I'm like, all right, Rob Van Dam's cool. But they put Rob Van Dam in a match with Sting, and he beat Sting in like seven seconds. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, this booking's illogical, and AJ Styles is in a, the midst of a good run with the uh, title. Sure. And you had RVD beat him for the belt. Exactly. So they were basically yeah. burying TNA's talent that they had to get their friends and buddies over um, once again. They're not about building the business. They're about lining pockets. Well, of course. I mean, that, that's 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 the thing. I, I agree with that completely. And, and Owen Nash also had a run with the, the tag belts with Waltman and Eric Young when they did the, the band because they couldn't call it the MWO, but it was essentially the MWO. Certainly. Right, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Now, talking about TNA quickly, I wanted to mention your opinion about this move to Destination America. Is it a good move for TNA? What was that? Was 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 the move from, because I know they needed to move right away or else it would be off the air completely. Do you think the move that TNA made to the channel known as Destination America, do you think that was a good move? It's a good move for now, but I just can't see them lasting that much longer. Um, sure. It's a channel number one. If you ask me what channel it's on, I know it's Destination America, but I can't even name you the number off the top of my head that I would have right. to tune to. You, know? so you, have, you have to have direct TV in order to watch it. I mean, a lot of people don't even have access to that. Um, well, I, I get I get it through cable vision over here in New York, but sure, yeah. to, me, to me, it's like, what are they holding on to at this point? It's not even like they have homegrown talent that's still there. They let guys like AJ go. Um, you know, Samoa Joe passed out. Kazarian are gone. It's sure. not even the same product that I liked uh, in 2005 through 2000. Pretty much before Hogan and Bischoff came, I, I would argue to say that the wrestling product, the wrestling product, was right, exactly. TNA than it was in WWE. Do you think TNA will become another WCW? Do you think it will just fade out of existence? It, it's going to fade out, um, but I, putting WCW in the same context as TNA is an insult to what WCW was. Right, yeah. TNA has never been a threat to WWE. There's not one time that Vince probably ever said to himself, wow, that's serious competition. Sure, yeah. I mean, TNA still struggles to try to keep up with the success of WWE. A lot of people still put WWE and TNA in the same circle. You know, is this person going to go here? That person going to go there? I mean, I mean, Ring of Honor is not that far off. I mean, the thing is, I mean, this, this, this uh, organization here, you know, it's 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 kind of got the best of both worlds. You got former TNA and WWE guys, say like in Ring of Ring of Honor, and uh, you know I mean you know this one right here. You know I don't think WWE's real. Also look at the big picture and all that. They they got more than one one little organization knocking almost knocking on their front door. I know Ring of Honor may not been maybe has not been around for for that long, but maybe. Yeah. But you but you know. You know, with a lot of insight with these from their from, from some of the former WWE guys, I mean, you know, Ring of Honor could possibly be another threat. I mean, who knows what this mm. this might be? The only thing so. with Ring of Honor is that they're they're a better better ran ECW in my opinion. Like, I think Ring of Honor will continue on, but it will never get bigger than what it is or not too much bigger than what it is and, and a lot has to do with there's only so much money that they can pay their talent um, sure. and it's only it, it ultimately at the end of the day a lot of these guys do want to test their talents uh, in WWE if they have the opportunity that's been proven like Kevin Steen who's Kevin Owens you have uh, guys like Tyler Black who's now Seth Rollins Moxley, there's yeah. Ambrose, Brian Danielson, right. Daniel Bryan, you know, sure. go on and on and on. Uh, exactly. WWE's had a had a 
had a nice run here of picking off top Ring of Honor talent and now developing them into their own characters with WWE. And I remember, you know, going back a couple of years now, um, people laughed at me when I said Seth Rollins is the guy that they were pushing the most in the shield, although Roman Reigns and Ambrose were getting the most time. But if you watch the matches, who got the most time in the ring? Seth Rollins. Yeah, of course. So, so yeah. Hold on. No. Sorry about that, but yeah, but I mean, I I would agree whole. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, but um, now talking about that, I gotta do a little segue here quickly. Um, uh, talking about the uh, um, the match between Rollins and Ambrose, with Ambrose getting in the world title match at Payback if he wins. Uh, good move, or what? I think honestly, the main event. Um, for payback is it's every fan should be interested in that, even though it's highly unlikely that we'll see Rollins drop the title so quickly. Sure. But every fan should have a vested interest. You have the three former Shield members with Orton, who, in my opinion, Randy Orton never puts a bad match out there. Like, he's always smooth and, and great in the ring and he can work with anyone and you put right. them four together, Reigns, Rollins, Ambrose, and Orton, that's going to be something to watch and something that people shouldn't complain about. Um, oh, oh no. And, and the main event, the main event is not the WWE's problem. Their problem right now is their mid-card. The yeah. mid-card is their, is their issue because they float guys from mid-card to main event um, when they really don't need to. They just right. need to keep some people in the mid-card. Um, it's interesting to note that Neville has come up and done so well because he was one of those guys I was on the fence about, but they have marketed him so well. Um, and if you notice, they've kept him off of the microphone which really uh, is not one of his strengths. But they they have exfoliated uh, his his uh, his moves and, and they've made him look like a million bucks. Um, Sheamus has come back. Uh, I, I like his character turn. Yeah. But here's my thing. Daniel Bryan's hurt. They took a belt away from him before when he was injured. They haven't taken away the belt now. Um, but they need to figure out what they're doing with that Intercontinental title. Sure. Um, yeah. That's a big void right now. Yeah, and then, of course, you saw the you know, extreme rules. You heard that, you know, that sudden change. You know, it was supposed to be an Intercontinental title match, but instead it was it was Barrett facing... Uh, Neville. Neville, right. And you see, and you see, the thing is, you know, him and I think I think another NXT guy that you know made his debut, you know, challenging Cena for the belt, U.S. belt, and that was uh, Zayn. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he, he put he. Let me tell you something. I, I, I'm starting like a lot of these new guys, and like I said, I will, I'll be no the same. I am also still a fan of Cena, but let me tell you something. From what I from what I noticed in this, you know that despite you know hurting his shoulder and coming up short, you know Zane Zane took Cena to the limit. He really, yes. I, I think he really did. I mean, I mean guys like Neville and Zane it might be a breath of fresh air, something that the WWE needs. And it's like I said before, they don't need you know you know to really waste any waste any time on this. They need you know get them up there. I mean, give them these decent opportunities here. I mean. You know, you know. I mean, Neville almost becoming king of the ring for crying out loud. I mean, he came up short to Barrett, but I mean, still, I mean, he even, he even, he even, you know. So I saw that, you know, drill back to that. I mean, he gave Barrett a good run, and even though Barrett just Barrett just this guy him in the law, and in the end, and Barrett became the king of the ring. So I mean, <laughs> but still, I mean, Neville. I mean, it's like his best moniker, the man that gravity forgot, and the moves proved. Yeah, I mean the I man think, hardly. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. 
I think that um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with uh, Finn Balor uh, when they eventually call him up. Um, He's he's another great talent. And Kevin Owens as well. I mean, they have a wealth wealth of talent down there. Um, For me, with Sami Zayn now being hurt, um, he could come back and be a heel very quickly. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, that can be John Cena's, a feud for John Cena down the road. Um, it was very reminiscent of when John Cena debuted on SmackDown. It turned oh, yeah. open challenge. Of course, yes. Yes. That was just, I was getting ready to say that. It kind of reminded me of that, uh, you know, John Cena was an upcomer of what an O two, I think it was. It was yep. the night after Kurt Angle made Hulk Hogan tap out. Maybe not. It was a King of the Ring pay per view when that happened too. I remember it was actually one of the first ones that, that was under the WWE moniker. As a matter of fact, I think ruthless anyway, aggression. Ruthless aggression. Yeah, that's right. You know, get the f out. I mean, that's what I was also talking about too. But yeah, I mean, Cena gave. I mean, Cena gave Angle a run for his money in that match, but of course, you know, Angle, Angle, Angle won it. I mean, he, I mean, this is this reminiscent of what I've seen, we've seen with what we've seen with Neville, and what we saw with Zayn on Raw this past Monday night. I mean, thing is, the new these new guys are are you know, fresh new talent. You need to work on that fresh new talent, and you know, give them something to work with. Give them like give them the mold and let them make something something awesome out of it so everybody will be impressed and astonished and all that. Now I gotta ask you, you know, about the you know the divas, you know, with the departure of AJ Lee. Uh uh you think any you think we'll be seeing any of the NXT more in the NXT divas move up and if so who do you think will be the first one they, they bring up? Charlotte. This may be the first one. Because she hasn't yeah. done anything in NXT uh for the past few weeks. I'm right. almost expecting her to be called up in the next week or two. Um, I think the Bellas might be taking some time off. Um, maybe Bree. And Nikki's going to need someone to to go against Naomi and Tamina. Uh, and who better than someone like Charlotte? She can definitely mix it up with uh, Tamina. And it's it's kind of funny considering Flair is her father and Snuka's her father, so they both have that that second generation thing going for them. Um, so that yeah. could be a nice little feud. Oh yeah, I mean now compare Charlotte now with her t- with her talent with say one other of the Flair children that we saw you know compete for a little while. Of course, you remember his son David. You know, he of course in WCW he had a few bouts here and there, and of course that thing when he was handed the U.S. Championship after Scott Steiner wouldn't show up or whatever. Uh, but oh yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I, I, I felt I felt the same way about that. Uh, compare compare between the two Flair children. I mean, the one was Charlotte has been trained. You know, professionally trained, uh, unlike David Flair. Um, the other thing too is Charlotte is more athletic and is in better shape than her brother was. Sure. Uh, yeah. Her brother was in some very entertaining storylines when he was in WCW. Um, however, he just wasn't. He wasn't a wrestler. He was just put there to be made a mockery of. Of course. Um, yeah. And of course, during the run in 99, uh, you know, I remember the match with the, the, the U.S. title match he had with Dean Malenko back at the beach in 99. Came out there wearing his dad's robe. And, uh, of course, having, you know, guys like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and, you know, coming in and all that. And, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, it was just for show, basically. I mean, but I mean, I, of course, I was happy later on. You know, until after Ric Flair, I think lost the lost the power of WCW. 
that, you know, his boy lost the belt to uh, Benoit. So, I mean, at least it was around someone that was a little bit more worthy, of course, my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, even, even Malenko told Flair during that Bash the Beach match that this kid ain't got it. I mean, you could even sit. This guy, this this boy was stiff as a board. Now I saw that match two or three times. I remember. I remember that. I mean, that was that was intense. But um, but my JML, I've got to hand it to you, my man. Help me go down memory lane tonight here on the debut of the revolution, and uh, hope I can do. Hope uh, you come on back in sometime, and we do this again. I may. Do it around this time every. I might do it every Wednesday night. I'm not sure. I'm still working on the, still working on that. But I hope uh, you have an opportunity to call in again, and uh, we reminisce about you know you know old time wrestling. We can talk about new wrestling. I mean, hey, anything wrestling. Hey, we talk about it on here. Also, and speaking of the revolution, there, folks. Also, once you want to talk about my pay per view, the revolution pay per view. Uh, uh, my buddy JML, who was just on, is currently the holder, one of the holders of the WWS Tag Team Championship, and he and his partner Gerard T. Smith, known as the Brew Crew, is set to defend those belts here pretty soon against the duo of WWS members Anne Marie Rockenbach and Sandy Hayes. So. We'll wait and see what happens with that, plus all the other matches that take place on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WCWS Revolution PPV. So once again, I'd like to thank JML for calling in. It was uh, one heck of a discussion, and I'm glad that he glad that he was able to come on and share his insight on wrestling of the past. Again, this is Chad Henshaw of WCWS, and we look forward to talking to you again here on the revolution. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.